Blog Talk Radio. The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make it better. Well, welcome everyone again to Blog Talk Radio and uh, a fabulous show we have for you tonight. Um, as, soon as, I, as soon as I get her on, um, hey. we'll get going. Hi. <laughs> okay. I don't know what happened, but, uh, uh, but here we are. Um, All right. <laughs> okay, everybody, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and uh, Kristen Dumay, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, and everyone, welcome uh, to Kristen Dumay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah this is, uh, uh, it's a privilege and excitement for me to have you back, uh, and uh to discuss your book, uh, incredible book here, uh, John, Jesus and John Wayne, How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and Fractured a Nation. Um, Kristen is a professor at Calvin University, and uh, the article of this obviously controversial book, um, and uh, we're going to hear how things have been going because we talked to her about Nine nine months ago, and um, I was so surprised by her book and and her nerve to write it. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation. and And I had asked her at that point um, if there was uh, 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 negative feedback. And uh, you know, uh, she wrote this book, by the way, um, after. After the videos uh, on Access Hollywood uh, gave us a view of Trump that was pretty less than uh, something that normally you would think evangelicals would be willing to support, and yet they were supporting him uh, to large to a large extent, and and that just put tons of questions in in her mind, uh, being that she is a historian actual historian of gender and culture. And so she went to take on this whole idea of um, masculinity and Christianity and the things that she found out uh, were what drew her to write this book because she realized that um, this, this type of uh, admiration and this uh, talking about power and and masculinity was really not a betrayal. Trump was not a betrayal of evangelical values, uh, uh, rather a fulfillment and uh, of, of an aggressive patriarchal masculinity at the core of evangelicalism. And that's what we have in this book, and it's created a stir, I'm sure. Um, tell us 
Kristen, nine months later, how's the feedback going? (laughs) Everything a while back was pretty positive. I I bet you've got some negative now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, if you're on Twitter, you'll uh, you'll have a, a a a view into some of the more negative responses. Mm-hmm. Really, the last uh, nine months or so, there has been a real uh, increase in in critical reviews coming from conservative outlets, primarily and almost exclusively written by people who are not historians uh, and. Uh, arguably by people who who don't really grasp or care to grasp the uh, the arguments of the book. So as I've um, and, and I will also say that that's not actually the the primary feedback that I get. Mm. Um, I I I also spend a lot of time in academic spaces, and over in academic spaces, this book is holding up extremely well, uh, being nominated for awards, receiving awards. Uh, being assigned in at, in universities and colleges across the country and uh, increasingly around the world, and so you know the kind of negative pushback that I get is not unexpected, but it is also not the only feedback. And particularly, I get letters from readers every single day. Many letters come from readers mm-hmm. saying thank you, thank you for helping me to see. So, um, but the negativity has stepped up, and I think. I don't know. My my guess is that maybe there was a bit of a um, ignore her and and she'll go away uh, attitude <laughs> when the book first released, and then at a certain point, uh, I think people realize this isn't going away, and and they felt a need to respond. What is what is the most common negative feedback? Um, would you say? Mm, I, I would I would say it's it's a, very little of it engages the actual arguments of the book in any uh, in, at any depth. It's it's a lot more of um, we don't like what she's saying about us and how she's saying it. Mm. Um, but there's there's really variety because so a review that came out in the Federalist uh, a few days ago. It was it was an odd review. It said a lot of different things, but essentially, yes, <laughs> this is who we are, and yes, these are all good things. Was was kind of that response. Wow. I'll get more of the. Um, uh, y- you should be nicer to us. We, um, you know, we do a lot of good things. Um, there are good things about evangelicals. Why are you so unloving? Why are you? Where's your hope? That kind of a, you know, uh, present a better picture of us, please. And if you don't, mm. we're going to dismiss your work. And then I get a lot of, um, she paints with broad brush strokes, but very, very few examples of where I do that. And as, as a scholar, that's kind of frustrating because at first I would say, okay, sure, let's, let's look. Where, where's the, the brush stroke too broad? But uh, and then we can talk about let's look at the evidence. Let's look at the secondary literature. Let's see. Let's look at the nuance that is in the text. And and we rarely, if ever, get to that point in a conversation. Right. Right. For for those of you who might be listening and uh, have not read the book, uh, you should know that there are uh, how many pages of end notes? Uh, At least 20 or more. 30. Yeah, more than 30. Yeah, more than 30 pages of end notes. those are quotes, and so we're we're not. It's not what this book is not what Christian is saying about people. It, it is people saying it themselves, 
and yeah. uh, quote, and they're all quoted. They they say it themselves. It's uh, that's all I can say, and that that mm-hmm. was the most revealing thing for me to read the book, um, and uh, sure helped me put uh, a, a, a lot of pieces together uh, of what is really for me the the side benefit of this book. Um, not not. You know the the masculinity issue certainly is the major thread, but to me the side issue is showing how the Christian subculture in America took form and how it got off the rails. Um, yeah, that that's what it that's what it did for me. And um, uh, so let's let's ask uh, I, I ask you what some of the negative feedback maybe what's the most common positive uh, feedback you're getting from your book um so in in academic spaces i would say that the positive uh responses are around the the rigor of the scholarship and also the intervention that the book makes in terms of how we define evangelicalism uh, that it's not exclusively a, a movement defined by a theology or a set of of um, theological beliefs but it's a cultural movement, and I present it in, in many ways as a consumer culture. So that's, that's, a, that's going over very well in uh, academic spaces. But in popular circles, by far the most common response that I get is from evangelicals or former evangelicals themselves who say, I lived this. This is uncanny. All of this is true. And again, I get several messages mm. a day, email, DMs, and, and, and actual letters that arrive in my mailbox who are essentially testifying to the truth of the story that I tell. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Christian, I want to ask you a, a question. This may be a little bit out of your department as a historian, but with, with all the, the knowledge of your research behind it, um, I've been concerned a long time about our politic, generally our political involvement um, as Christians, and mm-hmm. uh, what's behind that. And I've been able to lately start to see some things that I think at least help to explain for me about that and where where that might have gone wrong. Because what I what I'm wondering is. Did we have we gotten so involved in thinking that we could shape our society to take on Christian values? So shouldn't we instead have put that time and effort into helping people become Christians? <laughs> it makes sense to me. And as a historian, I will say that you know, throughout Christian history, Generally, things have not gone well when the church has uh, has sought mm-hmm. and especially has gained political power. When the church yeah. becomes a dominant force in society, uh, that's when you see a lot of coercive tactics. That's when you you see the 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 corruption of 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 the gospel teaching because in the gospel mm-hmm. itself, if you look at Jesus. He didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom in the political sense, the way that many of his followers thought. That's the right. opposite of what he did. And he turned powers on the on its head, and he 
um, you know, offered a very different model, one of self-sacrifice, one of divesting himself of power, and that is the Christ that we are called to follow. And so, yes, this generally has not gone well, and I think that it, it ends up distorting um, distorting basic core Christian teachings, and it's also dangerous. It, it, it ends up justifying violence. Because if you think God is always on your side, then the ends will always justify the means. And this idea of righteous violence can lead people to do some some really yeah. um, really dangerous things. Yeah, yeah. It, it, isn't this perhaps one of those cases where the good becomes the enemy of the best? Yeah, yeah. You know that that may be uh, one way of seeing it. I. I think too, as as you know, if, if you are a person of faith, if you are a Christian, and and what does it mean to follow Christ? And uh, I think that so I'm a Calvinist. That's my corner of of uh, Christian tradition that I come from. And so I've always understood that all of us, you know, including those of us who are seeking Christ, are fallen. So none of us are doing it perfectly. And I think that should uh, give us all humility in terms of, you know, we can acknowledge that there is truth out there without insisting that we individually and personally have a full access to that truth and then can, you know, kind of assert it over everybody else, that we should have a humility, that we are seeking truth together and always this awareness that we might be wrong. And and Kristen, so to um, yeah, Kristen, I am so sorry. Uh, when I called back to reset this, I didn't set the time. And if you don't set the time, it's automatically set for fifteen minutes. So we're going to go off here in a few minutes. Okay. And um, I don't know what to do other than to call you back and pick it up okay. where we are. Would you be willing to do oh, that? that's fine. Yeah, okay. we can do that. Okay, we'll call you back. Thank you. All right.